cultivating Dhamma so much depends upon this very um, quality of Viveka, which is a certain uh, disengagement. So it's as if one's energy is traveling in a certain direction very rapidly and then you just stop, check it. And like the thing is running down a track and you take the track away. <laughs> it's rather like that. So it can be the thought, the emotion, yeah, primarily it's these features. Because they're the ones that fire up the body to get going. Yeah. So we could even check our bodily re- reflexes, our bodily jumps. Yeah. You're about to, but because of course this is the chitta is is telling the body to do that. So it's just building in this this uh, dumber reflex where you can feel that jump. And we have a retreat time, particularly opportunity to cultivate this this reflex, because there really isn't anything to jump to. <laughs> you know, there's no next, there's no immediate anything. The immediate thing is to stop being immediate. <laughs> Which is very, you know, it's a simple phrase, but this is almost exactly the opposite direction of, of the world, the worldly current, isn't it? So it's a very, uh, it's very, that little hinge. Yeah. It doesn't mean you dislike it or, or you hate it or you don't want to follow it. Just say, no, it's not, it's not a, and it's not a negation, any kind of emotional negation, it's just the changing energy where you can just check and, and then, okay, yeah, fine, we'll move. Right. But it just helps to just keep breaking those, those uh, runaways. Mm-hmm. Heedfulness, heedfulness, mm-hmm. heedfulness is the path to the deathless. Heedlessness is the path to death. So just building this reflex because you know my my wish okay. is that something you can a little piece you can take with you. We have this time together, so you know it's not going to be ultra quiet. It's not going to be deep jhana. You've got three or four days. But you know, you can pick up some pieces and learn some some skillful means. And one of these is just this, this which you can do for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and do it quite often. Not, not because there's a crisis, just check. Thanks. And so you're like, it's like training the nervous system. You know, like you've got a little puppy 
runs out. You, know, just, you don't like, dislike the puppy, you just, just, you know, just, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so ideally, the sense is when you can do this you know, ten times a day. Uh, like, you know, get up and you take a wash or whatever and then just take ten seconds. Then you can do a lot more with that. You can do quite a bit more of that. During retreat time, I'm hoping we will have the time to, to actually open it much more into that, that pause, what that offers. But, you know, just this, this first thing. This is the hinge whereby these, these three um, fields, the field of thought, the field of um, so the bhaji, bhaji sankara, it's called the field of articulation. This, this system we have, the ability to conceive and articulate, create words, and move along in that, that direction, this, this potential we have, powerful gift, it tends to run away with us. Uh, and the gift of uh, heart sensitivity, to be affected, to be touched, you know, to be moved. Beautiful sense. Again, we can just get thrown, buffeted, chucked around by this one. <laughs> and it runs away. Overwhelmed, flooded. Uh, all kinds of unprocessed um, uh, emotions, difficult feelings, difficult memories, difficult patterns established there that really need to be discharged. And the hurts, the buffeting of life that can be just stuck there. And of course the wound itself that lives there. The discontented, slightly let down, disappointed self who lives there. Or the downright Violated self who lives there. You know, some things can be very, very difficult. Yeah. Of course, this isn't a person, but you can call it a person because it seems like it. But it's really a you know, set of trapped perceptions, impressions, emotions, and all sorts of uh, qualities that accumulate around that guilt, regret fear, mistrust, apprehensiveness, defensiveness, uh, denial, uh, and all this heart, which is, uh, you know, such a beautiful, potent, sensitive area, and so kicked around. So retreat time, you know, time when we can really uh, look at the damage we can be doing to ourselves uncon- you know, without really even intending to just with the heart churning over and injecting uh, itself with these fears and worries and doubts and regrets and guilt and grudges and you know, this kind of stuff going on 
or projecting it out to other people in the past, in the future, um, you know, in the room, in your neighborhood, in your past, you know, where you know, just doing all, all this uh, poisoning, which seemingly we have, have little say over, it just starts running, and there you are in it, the drama is running. And this field, which is the primary problem, and the primary, this is the area that could really be liberated, and the need to liberate it, to clear it. We have this field of the body, which for many people isn't really that they're aware of. But it's to do not just with the physical impingement, but with the tensions, the restrictions, within the body, the trapped places in the body, which seem to be physical, but actually have uh, undertones, um, uh, resistance, fear, defensiveness. So a lot of our, the body retains some of the blueprints, get printed onto the, the the body or the physically somatic qualities in the body because the body carries the core memory. That's why we keep remembering things when you think all that stuff is stored. These fields are energetic. We normally assume the body is physical certainly is, but the life force and the energy that keeps it going, the energy that keeps it going, the vibrancy, uh, and the, you know, it's, it's energy, isn't it? If you're tired, if you're sleepy, if you're lethargic, if you're buzzy, that's not material. <laughs> that's energy, right? And that energy, and then you have the emotional energy, you feel restricted, or jumpy or withheld or yeah and so this energy uh, factor runs across all these three fields it's the unifying medium of these seemingly separate fields yeah my energy is such a crucial um, feature you may not have heard this expressed in quite this way, but when we say something like calming, well, what do you think it's calming is about? It's about energy, isn't it? Restraining, it's about energy, isn't it? Uh, um, sending forth heart, that's an energetic thing. You send forth goodwill. That's a certain, so you, you shift your energy from kind of flattened, dull state, you lift it up, you send it forth. We apply it. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, you do a quick check, quick readout, and you can you know, contemplate your, your, your experience, your fields in a very broad way. You probably notice it's surges and slumps and rushes buzzes and then crashes, um, you know, 
this is the and thoughts come out of it and emotions come out of it and all this <coughs> stuff and it's the thing that's keeping it all going Now, when we, we practice with this, and these three fields can be our areas for, uh, that can be um, transformed. And transformation occurs. We may in fact have quite a lot of unpleasant content that we really like to not have. So grouchy or so uh, idiotic, you know, sort of nittering thoughts, <laughs> jabbering away or petty little grievances that we snipe with <laughs> or criticism and things like this. Or, you know, uh, yeah. You know, uh, craving for this, that, and the other. So, did good, not very beautiful stuff. But uh, not liking it doesn't really cut it. Where it is transformed is in in just this sense of the disengagement. So that acts like there's a particular point there, the running on, and a, and a point when we check, pause, relax, loosen, open, however you like to put it, disengaged. Because these rather than deal with every item of content, which I don't think you, you really can do, because there's a lot, so much of it. You know, when you've been living around for 40, 50 years, you've got tons of it. Uh, it's going to take you another 40, 50 years, <laughs> at least. <laughs> and how come you haven't sorted it out yet, you know? <laughs> you've heard it all, <laughs> surely. How come you haven't you know, cleared it? <laughs> because it, it doesn't it doesn't clear through just just dealing with content. You can stop talking about it or presenting it, but it still goes on. And it's cleared through the the basic understanding of, of Dharma. These these things are essentially empty, impermanent, selfless, and they're, they're made permanent by an energy that keeps linking it up. Keeps keeps running it, and they're made self by a particular uh, emotional um, belief attitude um, around it, around them, either disliking it or liking it or feeling ashamed of it or worrying about it. The the sense of the emotional, the taking it all personally, makes it personal. Yeah. And yeah. where in fact there isn't anybody there. Mm. 
Now when we, when we are aware of, an, of a difficult, um, we look at some, just the, the sense of mental feeling. So mental feeling is a very uh, broad basis for most of our difficult experience. It comes down to this mental feeling, feeling, a mental feeling, the unpleasant mental feeling. And this, this serves as the primary foundation for our suffering. So when we experience mental unpleasant feelings, say, feeling frustrated, it doesn't work. Um, it's not working the way it should do. There's a, there's a negative feeling. Uh, making a mistake, dang it. Irritated, negative feeling. Physical cold, oh, boo, don't like that negative feeling. Um, food you don't like, oh, this is food, just like negative feeling. Um, four o'clock in the morning, getting up, oh, no, no, grumpy negative feeling. Waiting, waiting in the way somebody to get out of the bathroom, negative feeling. <laughs> Fumbling around and forgetting where your sock is. Where's my socks gone? Lost my socks somewhere around here. Must have been a negative feeling. I mean, we look at it actually. That's a lot of it. A lot of it we just cruise over now, but it's still. Gee, when's the positive stuff going to happen? And what is the response to a negative feeling? Unpleasant feeling is just either push past it or get over it, yeah. look the other way, dismiss it, yeah. Yeah. or get annoyed and start to verbalize. It shouldn't be it's kind of going on about it. So and all these strategies, which are bounce strategies, you know, the feeling touches them and we bounce. We bounce into, well, they, they shouldn't have put that there in the first place, you know. This dang thing doesn't work after all, made in China, and run a rubbish. Whatever it is, or what's she doing in here? Wasting, taking so much time in, in the restaurant. <laughs> Something like that going on. So you just kind of, that. So you, this is bounce, isn't it, of a negative, uh, negative. Uh, Feeling. Yeah. And very simply, you know, this is so excruciatingly simple. Just don't bounce. Mm. <laughs> yes, you, see, you've got to be pretty quick because the bounce is so to be so immediate. You know? So this is why we're training ourselves just to start doing around not particularly difficult things, just 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 as a reflex, just build it in. So you've got some sense in which that possibility your system does know. Okay, just stop. And you feel that what about what about what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Stop. But what am I going to say what's the point? Oh, it goes, doesn't it? If you don't believe in it, or try to cure it, or, um, you know, why am, I, why, why am I getting so agitated? If you don't identify with it, you just experience it as a kind of ricochet 
of energy. So you're doing something, just a pause check. You can see this energy starts rolling. Oh, but, but, there's something wrong, what's happening? What's do do next? What do I do now? Okay, just wait and letting that tide roll through and learning progressively. Don't make anything out of this. Don't make anything out of this noise. Don't make anything out of this energetic crackle. It's energetic time. It's just that. It's not yours. It's not your problem. It's not because you are anything or you should be something. It's just don't complicate it. Uh, so you're learning that. The more you can learn that, oh, kind of, you know, that sense. If you experience as that recedes, or even that process, they experience a certain spaciousness, openness, non-directed, unconditioned, doesn't do anything, doesn't achieve anything, doesn't, you know, um, know anything, it just And so it's getting a, t- getting a taste for that, a touch of that, so that when the feeling comes, because feeling is pretty much a constant feature, instead of the bounce off the negative feeling, it can be that moment where negative feeling is inevitable. It's not your fault, the system is wired for it. It's not that anything is going wrong. Now you could say, well, you know, she shouldn't be this, or they shouldn't do that, or it, it wouldn't be this way, or, or if only I was like this. You can go through all that, yeah. and we, we do, and we probably will continue to do to a certain extent, but the quicker you can get to, this is just negative feeling, yeah. I don't really have an issue with her, it's just this sense of frustration or disappointment or uh, I wish that sound wasn't there, she's shifting around, I'm trying to meditate. Now if I didn't feel, you know, actually, if it didn't bother me, I wouldn't care, would I? (laughs) I wouldn't care what she's doing if it didn't bother me. So how, do I, how does it stop it bothering me? By experiencing that sense of, oh, and just stop right there. Yeah. Let the feeling arise, make space for it, and it will move through. Cleaner, clearer, and you're less thrown. You don't get thrown down the track of tribunals, retributions, accusations, and feeling wretched about yourself, (laughs) being so grumpy and irritable, instead of being compassionate and wonderful, the way you should be, always. It's a great setup, isn't it? <laughs> this is where it begins. You know, 
in that disengagement from negative feeling. This then cuts, if you do that, it it truncates the story because the story only gets going if if the feeling is there, the negative feeling is there. There was no story. This is very direct, of course, and uh, yeah, you can then contemplate the experience of feeling itself. Mental feeling. Mental feeling is essentially dislike and like. Physical feeling, pain and pleasure. These are, these are the tests. It's impossible, impossible to have a body that doesn't hurt. It is impossible to have a body that doesn't hurt. Right? Does anybody like that? <laughs> so what are we going to do? What makes it a source of suffering is the emotional distress, agitation, frustration, feeling trapped, feeling imprisoned, feeling got by it feeling attacked by it. So we're learning to cultivate this checking the mental feeling, because the mental feeling dislike turns into an emotion. When it turns into an emotion, then you've got a much bigger thing to deal with, much more complex, fuller, and a bigger identity to deal with. And it comes just to the touch of feeling. The only identity is just that which feels and doesn't want. It's a sort of resistance impression. When it turns into an emotion, then you've definitely got a whole psychological identity has arisen (laughs) with... uh, why do I have to be like this? And why can't they ever? Nobody ever looks and I am supposed to be all right. You know, and the histories. And then they've got a lot to deal with there. Mm-hmm. Of course, <coughs> these are the. Uh, when we're dealing with these. Again, it's you have to take it. You have to start where you are. So if you have a you know strong or persistent or chronic emotional pattern, <coughs> then the theme is again you to just generate some space around that by neither resisting in it, nor fixing it, nor believing in it. Doesn't mean we don't. We don't dismiss it, it's just this is an emotional sense of uh, sadness, irritation, guilt, regret, 
uh, nobody likes me, I'm hot, you know, whatever it is. And that's, and you know, there's, there's probably good enough reasons, if you like, or triggers for that experience. But the, um, the potency and the problem of the emotional realm is that triggers that were established ten years ago are still able to generate effects in the here and now that can be overwhelming. So, you know, then, so, so, you know, you can't really go into the past, but the trigger, the memory, or perhaps you can't even get a specific memory, but the overall felt sense of feeling excluded or dumped on or, or can't make it or something of that nature. Now, disengagement is by no means a sense of just shutting it up. Because here, in this sense, the disengagement generates a certain space. And instead of the, the bounce or the deflect, suppress it, uh, or cheer up or shrug off, you know, these are the bounce, bounces. We generate a space around that, and then that space then gives rise to a compassionate response. Just as if we mm, generate that space around the direct experience of a feeling, mm, that space gives capacity for a more fuller and accurate response. Now what this response (coughs) will be, will be, um, comes not from yourself. It's not a personal response because the person is the result of the emotions and the identification. So the person themselves, the experience of the person, you know, the fearful person, the person who can't quite, it doesn't live up to things, the person who can't quite make it or whatever, that person, that persona is the result, or you could say, the overall mindset, the overall view of that emotional experience. That person cannot deal with it. This is where the field of the body is so helpful. And you've got to bear in mind that these three fields are profoundly interconnected and uh, sympathetic, can be sympathetic if you, if you, they can be antagonistic, but in cultivating Dhamma, 
you're turning to them as sympathetic which is you feel in the emotional state how is your body now what's happening in terms of the body energy are you tightening up, resisting are you stirring and agitating are you bristling are you crashing, feeling flattened you come to something called the felt sense now this morning I perhaps or even last night I was talking perhaps more about the felt meaning which is in my think what is meaningful to me so we start from an idea uh, generosity uh, loving kindness friendliness, hospitality truthfulness yeah, so it's definitely something meaningful you, you start from that and you take that into your heart and oh yeah yeah and that can stay that's a felt meaning, you start with something meaningful. So it really comes, if you like, from a, the a dialogue between the heart faculty and the verbal faculty. The ability to pluck a concept. Yeah? Pluck a concept such as that, that's meaningful for you. I keep my word. I'm someone who keeps, keeps her word. Take that into the heart. Meaning value, dignity. That's the felt meaning. Felt sense is slightly different. The felt sense is the heart turning to the body rather than to the concept. So in this sense is like what is it when you experience it in your body, what when you're in a particular emotional states so a clearly obvious one when you're feeling very angry, this is very easy to sense, isn't it? What is the body? What is the body? What is the felt sense in the body with rage? Could be fire. Could be lions, you know, fire running up, heat, red, you know, <laughs> something like that. So the body produces a particular quality and energy. And if you come not to the interpretation, like I'm a she's so nasty, I hate her forever. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to anger, rage. Yeah. And then what actually is happening in your body when it comes to the felt sense. So it's not a physical, not a physical experience. It's a readout of a, of a, a somatic resonance. A somatic resonance. Uh, and this may seem esoteric, but actually you're you can see obviously like an emotion like rage or fear very clearly you can see oh, that, that, yeah, that's, I can feel really get that in my body you know those things you know, of defensiveness or, and then maybe you think yeah, guilt cowering yeah, depression yeah it's also got a bodily sense isn't it uh, and then you look at other qualities such as I have to do all the work around here. Why is there a How's that? Well, back, bending over. <laughs> you, it's quite, you begin to read these emotional qualities rather than from the historical person. 
you know, who never gets what she needs or has to do all the work or can't make it or everybody thinks she's an idiot or she's left out, excluded or something. Which, yeah, you can interpret that way and that, that's also true. But for liberation, yeah, you want the way out. And as I'm suggesting, it's through the body channel has the ability to discharge. And what the emotion does not by itself discharge, it goes global. So when we have a powerful emotion, the entire, our entire experience is saturated, tainted with that. You know, if you're feeling miserable, look around, miserable day, miserable people, <laughs> miserable night. <laughs> Everything's stained with this, this quality, isn't it? Or, well, it's all, they got that, that's all right, well, I never get one of those, you know, <laughs> something like that. So, so the emotion goes global and covers everything, you know? and it can keep going on and on and on. It, it, it doesn't discharge. You know, what do people do when if they if really up discharge? They generally cry or shake their fists or run up and down or talk to somebody. That discharges it, doesn't it? To a degree, what's happening? It's a bodily expression that's doing it. And we do this kind of naturally, instinctively. Yeah? But that is not really a very, uh, those means that we, we find ourselves uh, doing, because emotions get so oppressive, um, they don't completely clear it. They just kind of shake the, the surface of it. You're often left with a festering sense of, uh, okay, well, and another thing, Then it quietens down and all right. You go off and do something else. But this uh, using the body more skillfully or fully, take the emotional sense, you come to the felt sense of, and you can begin to look at these or get very simple um, readouts on some of this. states, mind states we get into, like the one word, heavy, stuck, uh, always, always, never, you know, these horrible words, and you, just, you get that and you feel this, <coughs> that's it, <laughs> that's the point, there's the weight, there's the lock, Here's the key. And from that little point, the trapped persona arises from that place, from that one felt sense. You are stuck in this, or you're, you're shut out from this, or you're never going to have that, or you're always going to be stuck with this. Yeah. And so, you know, that is the, the main, of course, people, many other 
qualities, experience with that, you're finding one, the one that really is the key in the door. And how does that feel? What's the body do? Where's the body experiencing that sense of the felt sense? Hmm? And really, as I try to, you know, we, it's really uh, a shame we have such little time because I have to take you through quite a lot in just this short time. But, you know, just bearing in mind, talking about the body is this energetic field immaterial field, the somatic body, and you keep checking with that, it's perhaps a lot of energy up here, nothing much there, it's blotchy, it's patchy, it's lumpy, um, and then you start to, doing some qigong, starting to spread it, soothe it, and even it out, and breathing through it to make it more um, steady and, and open and, and um, available and all these are ongoing practices to keep enhancing the quality called in Buddhism called Kaya Sankara which means the bodily bodily vitality, body energy, body formation that, that fundamental somatic presence of body that can feel so knotted up or so dampened, or so flaring. And if we can, as a practice, just well, what Anapanasati is supposed to do, really, mindfulness of breathing, because breathing is the fundamental healing energy within the bodily sankara that sends this lovely quality freely of discharge and refresh. Of course, for many of us, that the energy is quite impaired. We can physically breathe, but the full blossoming of that regenerative energy doesn't necessarily happen to us because of this uh, somatic closures and damage that we, we've inherited or wreaked upon ourselves, you know. So cleaning that so that then we listen to the body then saying, oh this is this is the weight, this is the stuck, this is the flare, this is the where the real identity arises just from this point. And where's that? Well my throat really feels quite tense. My chest was pretty closed. Something's stuck in my belly. And there, okay, yeah. don't go into the bounce of trying to fix it. You know, don't go into the bounce of, doesn't matter, shrug it off. Don't go into the bounce of, of um, you know, have your, whatever your bounce is, is pause. Oh, quick, how's that? Create some space around it, connected to the rest of the body. Oh, the rest of the body doesn't want it. <laughs> 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 so, 
You know, no, you, it's there, you've got to have it. Because you can't, if you're a body, you've got to have unpleasant stuff. That's the deal, you know. So get used to it. Okay, so it's opening. So your belly, you start to move. Belly widening the lens. All the way down to your feet, soles of your feet. All the way up to your heart, throat. This is as wide as it goes. Just keep going. Just keep going. And you're opening a, pl- a channel or a field whereby that, that energy can shift. And it, it takes away the basis, the stuck basis of these, these trapped emotions. Hmm? That's something that is by no means, it's a, it's a slow process. But, and it's often mysterious, we don't necessarily understand what's going on. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's not a verbal thing. It's just a, a, a kind of, it's like two people in a, speaking in a foreign language. <coughs> Two people speaking in a foreign language. What are they doing? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but just sit back, you know, and let the heart and the body start to dialogue. Perhaps even that's too much, just because everything is held within three or several uh, criteria. One is fundamental, primal sympathy. Primal sympathy, I use this rather complex term, because it doesn't mean I like it. It just means I'm prepared to resonate with it. Because I've got no choice anyway. So this means I'm prepared to say, how does it feel? And you can say, it feels horrible. And I'll go, uh-huh. What do you think we're cultivating passion for? Why is this such an important thing? Compassion is the willingness to experience unpleasant stuff and say, fine, let's open to that. Rather, something wrong, change it. Compassion is the sense that moves towards the unpleasant feelings, is fine, I'm opening to that. This is transformative. This is really noble. And we would do it for others probably. If they're really looking sick or bad or falling over, then you think it looks messy, but I'm going to move towards it. Doing it to yourself much more difficult. You don't have the same instinct. It's weird, but my explorations in this area <laughs> tell me it's true. <laughs> because you should get over it. You shouldn't need that. You shouldn't have to ask for help. You should be able. You should fix this by now. After all, forget about it. Everybody's got one of them. Grow up and stuff like that. So this sense of just you know to move towards one's afflictive experience with a sense of willingness. Don't like it, but I'm prepared to to move towards it open towards it. So this is what we call primal sympathy. This is sort of res- that is the fundamental means of communication.
Actually, it's the fundamental means of communication between people, if we really get it. It's not just about throwing a piece of information, it's a sense of, I'm interested in you, I, I'm open to you, I, I, I want to, you know, bounce things between us. I feel you, I sense you, I'm glad to be in your presence, you know, I'm open to your presence. And, but then doing this with our own experience. And, and the beauty of it is that this primal sympathy is tremendously helpful without trying to help. It just, it doesn't try to change things, it just resonates with it. And this can allow difficult emotions and complexes to, to be met. So this, I'd say, is bubble, but then nothing ever comes in singly. So we'd also say a sense of groundedness. Like, you know, you just stay. You just stay. Just stay. Stay with it. You know. Don't get phased by it. And don't don't uh, get disgusted by it. Don't get ashamed. Just stay. Get grounded. Simple strength. Mm-hmm. And of course, spaciousness. Spaciousness means all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. Linger. Learn to be spacious. So spacious really means perhaps more reference. Use the timeless. Doesn't matter how long it takes. That is not a useful reference. Nobody's got, nobody got a stopwatch on this one. And maybe we are bringing to make some of these um, groundedness, empathy, and, and spaciousness part of our uh, daily, you know, ongoing um, cultivation. In, in terms of retreat. Mm-hmm. Stay with it, you know. It's not always good, not always important, not always interesting, not always inspiring. Stay with it. <laughs> and all the time in the world. So you're contemplating your bodily experience all the time in the world, you just move down that calf muscle into the ankle, into the sole of the foot, and feel your awareness gradually widening over it. Not rushing to a conclusion. Training oneself in this way. And these three attributes, spaciousness, or timelessness, groundedness, and sympathy, primal sympathy, empathy. These are qualities that then, you know, you're, you're meeting the felt sense with. The felt sense is a very condensed, like a, like almost a, a 
like a condensation, like a crystallization of a complex. And so then what we're doing then we're dealing with root causes or root triggers that can be then released. Why this is um, something to you know place before your attention and thank you for bearing with this because quite a lot of um, you know meditation attention goes to the thinking mind how to get that thinking mind to be quiet how to get the thinking mind to be quiet quiet down or tease it or play with it but it's not really a problem or it's not the the root of the problem it's just the froth on the surface thinking everybody thinks It's, it's good to think it's okay to think, you know. But why does it get stuck? And so you thinking gets stuck because of a certain um, emotional pattern. Could be frustration, could be loneliness, could be just stirred up energy, you know. Seeking something, seeking to get something to know, something to get sorted out, this agitation. Uh, and so we can sense that oh dear why is that there? Mm. Mm. so there's something more fundamental and although quite a lot of our practice can be dealing with all this inner verbiage um, the more problematic is the stuff that doesn't speak These are the places which have a traumatic quality to them. These are where the things that don't speak. And so they don't speak, you don't think they're there. There's this funny sense I have, and then I find I'm reacting. There's a sort of shift and a wobble and I'm reacting. And we didn't see what didn't speak. We just started, suddenly found ourselves reacting in a certain way, or getting agitated, or feeling lost, or something, or feeling needy, or waking up in the middle of the night feeling uncertain. What happened? Well, these unspoken pieces started to move, arise. So it's important that this unspoken is encouraged to speak. And the felt sense is a way that the the unspoken finds its way to express itself. And the body can, can discharge that, can meet it, because at this bodily level, the body has the capacity to do that. The heart will tend to just magnify 
and proliferate you know, and overwhelm. This is why it doesn't speak, because we weren't able to, to handle it. So we just locked it up. Because it, when it comes into the heart, the heart just floods, overwhelm, you know, with something or the other, loss, bereavement, uh, yeah, shut out, excluded. These are extremely devastating experiences. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and if they touch the heart, the heart just, the energy overflows, overwhelms. Mm-hmm. So, you, there's no point in being in that, really. This is the nature of the emotional realm. It has no boundary. It just floods everything. And we see the world through it. So, but the body is able to, through, is able to, to feel that and it's not the same experience. It hasn't got this flooding because it, it begins to transfer into the tissues and they act like grounding. And so the energy then it can be discharged. So these are, you know, practices. Emptying the fields. Emptying the fields through connecting the fields. The thought field. How does that, how does that thought feel to you? How does that process of thinking what would you say the one word to sum up that process of thinking? Could be cheerful, could be buzzy, could be curious, could be needing something. Hmm. What's that? Restlessness in the heart. Mm-hmm. So you transfer, translate the verbal process to the emotional process. Of course, it could be something rather beautiful. But if it's incessant and going nowhere, apart from just running around like a gerbil on a treadmill, then there's something stuck somewhere. <laughs> and these are the ones, not the purposeful, clear thoughts, or the thoughts that suddenly arise and give you a memory and then disappear, but the ones that just keep going or the process of thinking just keeps incessantly turning, something stuck there. So you transfer that, what's the feeling? Yeah. Feeling a bit lost, or disoriented, or um, fearful, anxious. Fair enough, everybody gets that. So how is that? Sensing it in the body. Sense the felt sense in the body could be nothing, no big deal just that fluttering and okay, fluttering and then down into my fingers my feet, breathing out oh, just that mm-hmm. discharge and then the breathing comes through Mm-hmm.
if you're, if you're practicing anapanasati, if your breathing is easy and flowing, then your system is clean and clear. If it's not, there's no point forcing it, you have to uh, do some cleaning up. <laughs> it's not something you should have to make work. It should be something that you rest into and open up to. It's not like that. You need to do, you need to do some, some inquiry as to where the, what the obstacle feels like or the constriction or the uh, spacing out or the, you know, because this is where you get the unspoken stuff is, is obscuring um, something that could be quite clear and beautiful. Of course, the uh, you know <laughs> yeah, this is Buddhism. Life is hell. <laughs> but <laughs> good news is it, it, it is extremely problematic. <laughs> but. So the Buddha says, look, look, I wouldn't tell you this if you could, if it wasn't any good for you. <laughs> if, you if it may just, because it's possible, you know, because if fundamentally you can clear this stuff, I, I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't tell you to just make you miserable, and I wouldn't tell you if it didn't do any good, and I wouldn't tell you if you didn't, couldn't do it, but you can do it. It's extremely beneficial, and it's not an ultimate truth. Suffering is a conditioned relative experience, and you have the capacity to step beyond that. And it begins, heedfulness is the path to the deathless. Heedfulness is the path to that. Possibly in turning things around. Heedfulness, mindfulness uh, to that. Inquiry, uh, integrating into your body, uh, working with it. This is the path not just the sorting yourself out, but actually something far more profound to this uh, transformation. It's not just the tidying up, it's a transformation um, to the vast, these are Dhamma fields where beautiful qualities become available. Once you turn the fields around, you transform into something truly, truly magnificent as the Buddha did, uh, exemplifies. So, let's uh, have some time for some practice, if you'd like to take a break. and uh, <clears throat> Stretch the physicalities. <laughs> <laughs>